This is Love Marriage Again with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to embrace their marriage and feel completely in love with their husbands again. If you are a wife looking to create a happier marriage by transforming yourself, you've come to the right place. Here you will be inspired to fully accept your husband, be in control of your own happiness, and create a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan. How are you? I'm so glad you're here with me today. So funny thing, I'm recording this on Valentine's Day. And I've been thinking a lot about this topic of getting what you want. If you are on my email list, you have probably received several emails from me this week that sort of dance around this idea and this topic. And it's so important that I wanted to do an entire podcast episode on it and felt that the Valentine's holiday was a perfect time to explore this concept. So here's the thing. Our human brains are designed to want more. More time, more help, more money, more space, more fun, more freedom, you name it. And our brain finds a way to make what we have not enough and to want more. And marriage is no exception, right? So as you think about your marriage, there's probably something you want more of. And that's probably the thing that you feel would help you to truly love your marriage, right? So for some people, it's just wanting more help. I know for me, I have two small children, they're six and four, and it feels like there's just never enough help. My husband could be doing 17 different things. I could be doing 17 different things. And it still feels like it's not enough. It's like their needs are endless, <laughs> never stop. So you might just want more help and feel like that's the thing you want more of right now. For others, it may be just getting more attention, right? Maybe your husband works a lot or he has a lot of obligations that aren't you <laughs> in the moment that you would like it to be you. And so maybe you're just wanting more attention. Maybe you're wanting to feel like you are a priority. It could be that you want more affection, right? That some of that passion and that spark you used to have has just sort of fizzled away and things feel sort of mundane, obligatory, and kind of like roommates. So maybe you're just wanting some affection. You're wanting those little kisses as, you know, you pass by each other in the hall or the kitchen and you want to cuddle up together on the couch and sort of have that little flirty glance at each other across the room. For others, you may just want more communication. It feels like he keeps a lot of things in his head. When you try to talk to him or try to engage in conversation, it feels like you're pulling teeth or he's not looping you in about things that you feel 
really you should be having conversations about. So maybe you just want more communication. These are the exact things that my clients come to me for. These are the exact things that they want to be different in their marriages as well. And as we get to the process of working together, I have come to realize that in the beginning, a lot of them are making some pretty common mistakes that actually keep them from getting what they want. And as I thought about the themes that I continue to see across the people that work with me privately, I wanted to also have this conversation with you, my podcast listeners, because I want you to avoid these pitfalls. Because when you join me here, my goal, our collective goal together is to leave you feeling better, leave you feeling inspired, but ultimately leaving you in a position to have what you want and to be able to create the experience that you want to be having in your marriage. So a couple of things that I noticed that I want to start with in terms of these common mistakes, and there are actually four of them, maybe more as I keep talking, something else will pop into mind. But here's what I see happening a lot when it comes to getting what you want. And the first thing that I think many of us do, myself included, is we present what we want in the form of a complaint, right? So what that looks like is starting the conversation with you never, right? You never help out enough. You never include me. You never make me a priority. First of all, that's just probably not true, right? And I've talked about this on the podcast before, this idea of like never and always. Our brains are really attracted to these extremes and just being super dramatic about things. So the first thing is noticing when you are presenting what you want in a complaint, where you're just saying what he's not doing or you're questioning why he can't do the thing you've been asking him to do, right? Why can't you just leave work at a decent hour and be home to help me? Why can't you just follow through on the things that you say you're going to do, right? That is complaining. And whenever we present a desire in the form of a complaint, it just raises defensiveness, right? So if you notice that your husband is defensive all the time, that he's not even able to acknowledge what you're saying and like validate the merits of what you're offering, you may want to just take a step back and notice for yourself, have I presented this desire in the form of a complaint? The second thing that I notice is a lot of times when we do express what we want, it is vague and quite general. So I want us to hang out more, or I want us to talk more, or I want more of your help. I want us to like kiss more. Like, what does that mean when we just say more? One of, I think the most helpful sort of strategies I gave one of my clients was when she wants her husband to help more with their child, they have a young infant. Instead of just saying like, I need you to be around to help more, 
We talked about being very specific with exactly what you want him to do. When you come home, I want you to hold the baby for half an hour so I can do these three things that I need to do. So that gave both of them something very, very concrete for him to be able to say, yes, I can absolutely do this and I'm willing to do it. And then she had a valid expectation. But when you have a request that's just sort of like, yeah, I want you to be doing this more, you can't really wrap your head around what that means. And you don't know how to measure it, how to define if you're actually successful in it. And when it comes to the typical male brain, they thrive on things that are very direct, very specific, very actionable. So you want to just check for yourself, like, have you said specifically what you want him to do? The third thing is they were presenting desires as options when they really had a preference, right? So it's kind of like, oh, do you want to order out for dinner or do you want me to cook? right? (laughs) I'm even chuckling at this one because I am guilty of this. And they really don't want to cook, right? Like, it's okay that you don't want to, but you want to be honest with your request. Is it something that you have a preference for? Then lead with that, right? Hey, I really would rather we ordered out today. I'm not in the mood to cook. Can we do that? Right? And if you're worried that he might not be on board with it, you know, how can you just take responsibility for it? Like, hey, I'm going to order out. Do you want something? Right? You get to decide how you get what you want, right? So notice, are you sort of like tiptoeing around things, making it feel like it's optional, and then he gives you his preference, and it's not at all what you actually wanted, right? So if you are going to present an option, Let it truly be an option, meaning that you are fine either way. Let it be something that you're unattached to, that you're just like, hey, do you want Mexican or do you want Japanese? That's a true option. Not, do you want to eat out or should I cook something? If that's not what you really want to do, okay? So just be honest. And then the fourth thing that I see happening a lot is people say nothing and assume their husband will figure it out. And I think today especially is one of those days where people can fall into that trap, right? So today being Valentine's Day, which again is when I'm recording this, probably definitely not when you're listening to it, but it will be the same week. So I want you to just notice, like, did you actually make a request for what you wanted or were you really just sort of like expecting him to figure it out? right? So those are the four things that I see most people doing. I think equally important as identifying what's happening, we want to understand why. So coaching is one of those things where we don't just look at like the behavior that's happening or the patterns that are taking place. We look at why it's happening. What is the mindset underneath it? What is the belief system? What are the set of thoughts that are driving a person to do the things that they do. So in the case of you getting what you want and sort of falling into these traps, you want to just look at why, like why is that happening? 
What are you thinking that's creating that behavior, action, or result for you? And I believe that one of the reasons this happens is our brain is just naturally oriented towards lack and what's missing, right? So that's why when we're looking for something, instead of just saying, hey, I would really like this, our brain in its tendency to look at what's missing is just stating what's missing. Oh, you never do this. Oh, this never happens. Oh, this is not what I want, right? The other reason we do this is it takes a little bit more energy to actually think about what it is you want specifically, which is why we have these vague requests. And I'll even tell you a funny story. I used to really want my husband to get up with me and the kids when they would get up like on the weekends, right? So again, my kids are young. They wake up at the same time, which is usually like 6.30 or 7 on a good day, 7. And I would get so frustrated that he didn't just get up. And I asked him to get up one day and he's like, okay, fine. He's like, yeah, what do you want me to do? And I had zero answers. I didn't actually... (laughs) need him to do anything. It wasn't that I technically needed his help. I just wanted him like in the struggle with me. And I really had to like check myself on that and realize if I wanted him to do something specifically, I had to push my own brain to figure that out and make a very specific request. But just wanting like his vague presence for no particular purpose was not something he could wrap his brain around. Not that he wasn't willing to do it, but it just didn't feel like something that was purposeful for him, right? And so our brains like to not work. (laughs) It expends energy to think of the specifics around something. And so that's why we have these vague requests because our brain just doesn't want to do the work of figuring out specifically what we want. Another thing I think that is at play is we don't give ourselves permission to want what we want. I think as women, this is so ubiquitous where we are just like martyrs for no reason. We extend ourselves, we pour everything out for everybody else. But when it comes to like giving ourselves a break or taking a seat or asking someone to help us, we don't really feel like we deserve it. And that's something I want you to just think about for yourself, right? Like if you went the whole week and just decided you didn't want to do something that's typically your responsibility, for me, it would be cooking. If I just decided like I'm too stressed out, I'm too busy, whatever. I'm too bored (laughs) with our meals. And I just want to eat out every single night this week. I would give myself permission to do that. And I would not allow myself to feel guilty about it. I want you to think about that for yourself. If you really needed to just take a week off from some major responsibility and had to lean on someone else or ask for help, would you give yourself permission to do that? And if you wouldn't, why not? What are you thinking about yourself? What are you thinking about the other people that prevent you from doing that, right? A lot of times it comes from just not wanting to be a burden to other people, but you don't get to decide that for them. Like what is a burden to them 
is not necessarily the same thing that you think is a burden to them. And so you can ask, right? There's no harm in asking from a place of love, right? You don't want to demand it, but you can ask and you can at least let them decide if it truly is a burden. And then the other thing, I think this happens a lot when it comes to assuming that he will figure it out, is that we value the element of surprise over being satisfied. I had a client once who really struggled with this and she was constantly disappointed, like receiving gifts was her love language. And so her husband just never really got it 100% right for her. And we did some work on just like why she felt it was so necessary to be surprised. Like what did that offer her? What did it make her think about him? Right. And it boiled down to like feeling like he was thinking about her and he was considering her and he knew her because he was taking in all this information and just knew the perfect thing to get her. And what I had offered her is what if his greatest care and consideration for her comes from wanting to do things 100% the way she wants them, right? So if you enter this believing that your husband wants you to be happy, that he wants to get it right for you, that he is really looking for your approval, why not tell him exactly what you want? Nine times out of 10, he will deliver on that, right? So what all of this boils down to is not wanting to do the work mentally, right? It takes effort to do these things. And our brains would much rather make it someone else's responsibility to read our minds and to deliver exactly what it is that we want. And when we get into that space, what happens is we get to blame. We get to blame our husband for falling short, for not giving us what we want, instead of looking at ourselves. And what I notice is underneath so much of the expectations that we have is we never look at why we want what we want, right? So before we were talking about just being specific. So even if you get to the place of being specific, you also want to think about why do you want that? What will it mean to you if you get it? What will it mean if this is a part of your relationship? And so I want to give you three very specific questions that I want you to grapple with and think about when it comes to some of the expectations that you have or some of the things that you want to be happening in your marriage. Doing this work and answering these three questions will just give you such a deep insight and awareness that's going to help you position yourself to get it, whether that's making an appropriate request of your husband or finding some other way to get that desire met that is healthy and appropriate, right? So the first question you want to ask yourself is why do you want what you want? Why do you want it? A lot of the things we think we want, a lot of the things that we believe constitutes a healthy, happy marriage are things that we've just been socialized to believe things that we've seen on TV or things that we saw in other people's relationships, which wasn't even the totality of their relationship, right? This happens a lot around the Valentine's holiday, right? Where you see people posting on Facebook and Instagram, all the wonderful bouquets and the dinners and the chocolates and the special times that they're spending together. 
And that's just a snapshot, right? But we feed into that believing that's what makes a happy marriage. It's not true. And so you want to just question, why do you want what you want? The second question that I want to ask you to think about is, if you did have what you wanted, what would it look like to have it fulfilled completely, right? So thinking about the help that you want or the attention or the affection or the communication, what would it actually look like to have that met a hundred percent? I want you to like just come up with a list of how you would know that you're totally and completely fulfilled in that area of your marriage. And then the third question I want you to ask is, how would you be feeling if all the ducks were in a row, if your husband was performing perfectly for you, how would you be feeling? Most of the times when people explore this question, the answer is typically something like, I would be feeling grateful or happy or supported or valued or appreciated. I would be feeling treasured and cherished. I'd be feeling desired. I'd be feeling like he has my back, right? So I want you to just bring to your own mind what those emotions are. And I want you to imagine that you're like, just like grabbing them in your hand, like grabbing the emotion in the palm of your hand. And I want you to use that emotion as your fuel in getting what you want. Not the lack, not the frustration, but the gratitude and the feeling supported and feeling happy and valued, right? When you have those emotions as the driver of you making a request of your husband or having a conversation with him, the way that conversation happens changes dramatically, right? When you enter in already feeling appreciated and you're asking for something, you're going to feel amazing. But when you go feeling exhausted, stressed out, neglected, your approach is going to reflect that. It's going to be a tired request. (laughs) That's probably going to get a tired answer from him, right? So when you use these more positive emotions, again, you get yourself into the state of imagining what it would be like if this desire was fulfilled completely. You're going to make more loving requests, right? Requests that are filled with the best intentions and the best assumptions about your husband. You're going to also open up your mind to ways you might be able to meet the desire yourself, right? You know, I teach a lot of my clients just how to diversify meeting your own emotional needs. When we get married, we rely on our husband to be everything to us. But when you were single, you had like your crew of friends or you had a crew of family members that you were connected with regularly. And so there was never one person who had to shoulder the burden or shoulder the responsibility of meeting all your needs. And then when we get married, we want our husband to be like everything. So when you can approach it from knowing that your needs are met, knowing that your desires are met, you come up with more creative solutions and different ways of having that met. And then 
within that, you stop trying to convince (laughs) and control and nudge your husband to do something that he doesn't really want to do. Not because he doesn't love you, right? Like there are things that he can just not want to do because it's just not his thing. It's not something that he enjoys. And when you're coming at it, right, from frustration or annoyance, it doesn't make it more appealing, right? If anything, it turns him off from wanting to do it at all. So when you can get yourself in a better state, you're not even in a place of needing him to do something he doesn't really want to do. It's like, okay, that's fine. This is no big deal. I can figure this out on my own or I could go to my friend and chat with her or I can hire a babysitter, right? In the case where you're wanting more help. So I want you to just think about these things. Again, why do you want what you want? What would it look like if it were completely fulfilled? And how would you be feeling? And then use that positive emotion to fuel you and taking the steps to get what you want. All right. That's what I have for you today. I hope that it has been valuable. I hope that it has been helpful. If you have been in a place of really wanting things to be different in your marriage and aren't entirely sure how to apply even what I've shared on this podcast or previous podcasts, or you're trying some of it, but you're still stumbling, I want to invite you to work with me privately. When we work together one-on-one, you get me holding your hand, walking you through every single road bump, every single obstacle, every single place where maybe you're understanding things on an intellectual level, but it hasn't really sunk into your being and changed how you show up in the relationship. So you're already listening. You're already wanting to do this work. And this is an invitation for you to just take it to the next level so that you can get next level changes in your marriage and finally make the progress that you've been wanting to make for so long now. Everything that you want wants you back. It should be a part of your marriage, right? The desires you have are there to be fulfilled when they honor you and honor your husband and honor your life together. And I am the coach to help you walk that path. So the way that you work with me, first step is a complimentary call, which I think is just a win-win for both of us. So you get an hour on the phone with me, my undivided attention, listening and sharing with you the things that I'm seeing and hearing in your marriage. And then we will map out your very specific plan to get you what you want. So to schedule that call, you will go to my website. It is drshavon.com, D-R-C-H-A-V as in Victor, O-N-N-E.com. And there is a button that says work with me. You will click that button and you will follow the prompts to get yourself scheduled right into my calendar. And we'll have a two-way conversation there. All right. Thank you so much for being here today. I will be back with you next time. Bye for now. Now, if you loved this episode, you will want to download a free resource I created called 13 Beliefs to Hold On To When Marriage Gets Tough. Download it at bit.ly forward slash 13 Marriage Beliefs. That's B-I-T 
dot L-Y forward slash 13 marriage beliefs. And of course, I will be back with you next week. Until then, commit to loving your marriage again.